G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by HoopBall. Today we are talking some deep sleepers, some late round flyers that you can snag at the end of your draft and potentially win your league. Let's go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA. You can also follow us on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. And as always, the guru is here, Callum Mack. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. Money Mitch. I'm doing well. Sleepers today, once again, but this time we're going deeper. The deep sleepers. Yeah, we're going. We're going way back. The back end of your draft. Um, players who are ranked outside the top 125 is our cutoff point because that was our last rank for the last sleepers podcast. If you haven't checked that out, if you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a link up here. You can click that, um, or on the podcast, just go back through the podcast episodes and check those ones out. Deep sleepers today. Let's not waste any time. Let's get straight into it. We're going through the guards first. I'll rattle off a few names, and then we'll touch on them each as we go. So at 129, we've got Reggie Jackson. We've got DeAnthony Melton at 139. We've got Josh Giddy at 157. Killian Hayes, 161. Jordan Poole at 179. Tyler Hero at 181. And to round it off, we've also got Tyrese Maxey just squeaking inside the two top 200 at 199. All right, Cal, talk to me about Reggie Jackson at 129. Do you think that this is too low for him? It is. Um, this is a man who got the nickname of All-Star Reggie Jackson the for a reason uh, in the playoffs. He, even with Kawhi Leonard around for the majority of it, he ended up averaging about 18, three and three and a half, which, um, you know, for 129 is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you'd only say that his usage would go up. He shot pretty well, 48% from the field. He was having some big explosions. So on like a head-to-head basis, he can go for 30 um, with the the team they have. They like to run that small lineup. Um, he was pretty much the second or third option uh, when Kawhi Leonard went down. Uh, you, you can make the argument for who's going to be the second or third option or fourth option for the Clippers this season around. But as a bit of a flyer, I, um, I quite like him around this um, yeah, around the 100 range, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Reggie Jackson, I think he's pretty clearly the second option on this team in terms of offense. Yes, he doesn't offer you much on the defensive end in terms of steals and blocks, but, you know, obviously you're outside the pick 120 here. You're not sort of going to get everything, but you big assists, big re- uh, sorry, big points, decent threes. The percentages aren't too bad either. So I think he is a fine selection around that point. Um, not like the highest of upside in terms of, um, you know, obviously he has his limitations, but I definitely think he should be getting drafted higher than this. Uh, let's talk DeAnthony Melton. I am a big DeAnthony Melton fan. Again, another one. Another player who I own in uh, dynasty teams all around the place. Are you as big of a DeAnthony Melton fan as I am? At rank 139, I think he's a good flyer. Uh, minutes are the issue. What are your thoughts on DeAnthony Melton going into this season? Well, I think that's the main answer. Right? Like, is he is he going to get minutes? He averaged 20 minutes a game last season and a bit of a bench role. Yeah. Do you see that spiking up right now? Look, he, he was hitting threes. I feel like if you're having me, he should be hitting some threes. The steals are reasonable as well, so definitely a bit of a 3 and D guy. 
Um, field goal look isn't amazing, but look, if he gets a spike in minutes, you'd like to say that everything else is maintained and goes up with it. Yeah, look, like I just think he's he's one of those permanent monster guys. He um he gets like you said lots of steals. His assists are pretty decent. Threes are solid. Uh, the percentages are okay. Um, decent blocks for guns as well in limited minutes. I just think that they've cleared they've cleared the pathway for him to get more minutes. Obviously, getting rid of Grayson Allen um, and just sort of trimming the edges back a little bit. I think that all he really has to do is compete with Desmond Bain for minutes, and maybe he also gets some backup point guard minutes over Tyus Jones. Um, I think you'll see Dylan Brooks play more at the small forward position. But it is hard to project, and obviously we've been waiting for it for you know most of last season as well, so it probably may not happen. But in the off chance that it does, this guy could easily be a top 80 player in fantasy basketball if he gets 28 minutes a night. So um, he's going to be elite in steals, decent assists, good percentages, three-pointers. Uh, so I do like me some DeAnthony Melton. Let's go a little bit even further back. 157. So this is outside, you know, your standard 13 players in a 12-team league. Uh, we've got Josh Giddy here, the Aussie. Uh, I think that this is a massive steal. I think I'd be very happy uh, taking Josh Giddy well before this, maybe even ahead of the two other guys we've got uh, in front of him, just because of the upside of those assists. What are your thoughts on um, Giddy? Yeah, it's definitely assists, and then even a bit of rebounds yeah. um, is kind of why you're getting him. But late in the draft. Um, he's ranked at 157. If, if you, you know, hit 100 and you're like, oh shit, like I've gone all in on bigs or, or something, I don't know, but he he will be a very very big piece for you in assist. I think late in the draft, which you don't get. He's the only guy really that that's this late that could average over five assists a game. Yeah. Um. So and and look, he's, he's going to get minutes at OKC. They're going to throw him a lot. They're going to test the waters a bit. Um. Is is three is going to be bad? Yes. Um. He I could mean, get like a three a game. Pretty average, I think, as well. Points but, will suck. Yeah. Yeah. But the assist are there. That's why you get him. Yeah, the assist are there. Look, yeah, like you said, he's going to have his holes in terms of maybe percentages, but I don't think he's going to be taking huge attempts, so they're not going to hurt you too much. Um, rebounds, assists. He'll probably get you a steal a game. I think he can hit a three a game, personally. Um, so it's not going to be a huge negative there. I don't think he's like a Ben Simmons bad level shooter, but uh, I, yeah. Look, those assists is really where his value is. And he's gonna I think he's gonna get minutes and I think he'll get better as the season goes on. So someone who I'd be very willing to be patient on um and let him grow throughout the season. Um uh, someone who um we were maybe too patient on last year, Killian Hayes. Uh at one sixty one, I'm willing to give him another chance with my last pick or two, uh, just for the upside and assists and steals alone. Maybe this shot doesn't come. If it doesn't, if he's hurting my field goal percentage too much, I just drop him and move on. But I think the potential is still there that Killian Hayes uh, is worth a pick late in your fantasy drafts. Yeah, yeah. once again, um, the assist. It's really hard to get the assist this late. And like the steal is actually pretty good. He got like yeah. half a block a game as well for a guard, 1.3 steals. Pretty solid. Um, definitely expect him and um, and the rookie to kind of share the point guard duties and uh, Cunningham. So... Yep. I, I definitely see him staggering it. This field goal should come up. It was so bad last season. It can't, get worse. Like he can't be any worse yeah. than what he was. <laughs> yeah. he, he has to come up from that. Yeah, look, yeah, he, he was absolutely awful in terms of shooting last year. So it's, um, yeah, like you said, can't get any worse. It's second year in the NBA. He's not going to have as much responsibility in terms of the point guard um, duties with Cade Cunningham there. So I think that that is going to be a good thing for his value. 
Um, interesting to see how they kind of work together. Based on Summer League, it looked like he still had the primary ball handling playmaking role. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out and see how sort of uh, Dwayne Casey runs the show over there in Detroit. The next one here, Jordan Poole at 179. A little bit different to these other guys who are maybe better in the back half of the year. Um, this guy is probably the the first few months of the season while Clay Thompson is out. He's going to be giving you good points and threes. Um, not a whole lot else, but I think he could maybe push close to sort of 18 points a game on two and a half threes, which is something that you could definitely use late in draft. And 179, um, you're going to have to scroll down to sort of find him. I think he is worth sort of a late-round flyer. What are your thoughts on Jordan Poole? I, I, I seem to remember you weren't as keen um, as me uh, at this point in the draft. Um, look, I, I was like one of the last picks. I'm not, I'm not too mad because he does give you points and he does give, give you threes. Um, so if you need that, which is usually what you get on the back end of this draft, he will be worthwhile until Clay Thompson comes back. If you look at the last pretty much after the All-Star break when he averaged about 24 minutes a game, 14 points, 2.2 threes, um, two and a half assists as well, which um, is useful. So, look, there's there's some stats there, there's some hope, but I would be definitely ready to move off him and have someone ready to go when he is, um, so when Clay Thompson is back. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah. He's a short-term, short-term sort of guy, plug and play. When Clay Thompson's back, you don't, that's why you're not investing too high into him. You just cut bait, drop him, move on to someone else when there's usually someone uh, of value on the wire. Let's talk Tyler Hero. I remember you took him in one of our mock drafts earlier this uh, preseason at 181. What are we doing here, guys? Like, there's nothing really changed <laughs> with Tyler Hero here. Yeah, uh, Kemba Walk, sorry, um, uh, Kyle Lowry's on the team, but Goran Dragic was there last year, so he's still that backup point guard. He's kind of got the backup guard all to himself, really. Um, there's no one there to really contend with him in terms of usage on the bench. And he's still going to get you high 20s in minutes, maybe even as high as 30 minutes a game. So 181, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Because Kane Nunn's out of there. He was That's right. out of minutes yep. during the regular season. So now Tyler Hero has kind of been handed the keys as like the sixth man. And he, he will potentially close a fair few games as well. He averaged about 15, 4 and 4. Um, there's no defensive stats there really at all, but... Look, 15, 4, and 4, and he's ranked 181. Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all. Like, his his percentages weren't even that bad either. Like, I mean, yeah, look, 44% from the field, eh, 80% from the free throw line. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's not killing you. It's like, no. it's it's reasonable. At, you know, 15, 5, and, you know, it's it's a, a pretty reasonable stat line. Yeah. I, I Like, I, I don't know why he's ranked so far back. I'm normally, normally, I think last year we were preaching that he was a bust. And now they've gone completely the other way and ranked him outside the top 180. So, uh, yeah, sort of hard to gauge why that is the case. But um, very happy to take Tyler Hero in the last round or two in a draft. And the last sort of guard here on our deep sleepers, we've got Tyrese Maxey at 199. A little bit dependent on whether or not Ben Simmons has moved and what comes back. But Tyrese Maxey crushed the Summer League this year. He is someone who I really like. I like him a little bit better than Shake Milton and some of those other guards there. I think he's got a high potential. It might not happen this year. It might be a second half of the year thing, maybe a watch list kind of guy. But if you're in a deeper league, maybe like a 14 to 16 team league, I would have no worries taking Maxi with the last pick or two in that kind of a draft. Maybe not a 12-teamer guy, but someone who I'm definitely just putting on my watch list and, and, and keeping an eye on. And if a Ben Simmons trade does happen, then he could elevate into that 12-team kind of value. Would you agree with that kind of level for, for Tyrese Maxey here? 
Yeah, I totally agree because Maxi, like, I feel like the big question mark is what happens to Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, and you may find that Ben Simmons is traded with, like, some kind of wing player. Like, we, we have no idea what's going to happen. And yeah. Tyrese could be handed some pretty reasonable um, gameplay at the point guard, you know, shooting guard role. Yeah. And and he could definitely flourish. So as, as a bit of a flyer for that very reason. Um, and even, look, let's say Ben Simmons, they don't even get a deal. He's sitting out for the first month. There you go, yeah. Maxi will get minutes, and he will put up stats. Yeah, he'll step in, especially, yeah, with that, those first early games. If, the, if nothing changes and nothing happens with this Ben Simmons deal, that's a very good point. All right, let's move on to some forwards here. A um, couple of really good value picks I like here. Uh, the first one is one of them in Bojan Bogdanovic at rank 130. Um, you know, this guy is someone who uh, last year, again, I, I think he was flip-flopped. We were going a bit too high on him. Now we're basically taking him outside the 10th round, which I think for a player who is still solidified in that starting lineup over at Utah, he's going to give you good points. He's going to give you good percentages in field goal and free throw. He's going to give you great threes. Um, sure, the defensive stats aren't going to be there, but at this point of the draft, like he's a very valuable player that if you're looking for those categories, can um, very comfortably beat this ranking, uh, I'm, I'm confident. And would you agree with uh, Boyan Bogdanovich there, Cal? Yep, um, I like Boyan in like a punt steals build because he can't steal the ball at all. But, you know, 17 points, two and a half threes a game, four rebounds. He um, shoots about 88% from the three-throw line on four attempts, yeah, which is pretty damn good as well. That really actually really does benefit your team. Especially so a lot of pluses there. Yeah, especially late in the draft. That's really hard to get. Like those kind of um, like free-throw percentage like movers, yeah, they're hard to find. And then, then look, if you care about turnovers, yeah, he only put up 1.8 a game last season. So that... That's, a, that's a definitely a net plus for someone who puts up 30 minutes a game and there's no reason for that to go down. Perfect in a punt assist, punt steals build, which is something that I think is not a bad build this year. Let's go on to this next guy. Again, we talked about in our other sleepers show that Darren Fox is one of my guys. I think Jaden McDaniels is another one of my guys this year. Um, at 147, I'm happy to take him 30 spots ahead of this because I think he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. I'm very excited with his talent. The stats haven't been shown yet, so there is a little bit of downside if you take him as high as like 110. So if you can, outside the 120 zone is ideal, but I'm a believer in his ability and his ability to rack up defensive stats, blocks, steals, and also get the threes. What are your thoughts there, Cal? Yeah, he's a guy that definitely um, do not put any confidence in him to have any offensive game run through him because they got a good offensive team out in Minnesota. Yeah, um, but in terms of the defensive stats, you could definitely put up you know one and a half threes, one steal, one block a game, which at this point in the draft um, can be useful. Yeah, and it, he's he's one of those like baby unicorn type players, really. Um, yeah, look, the points are not going to be high. I'm hoping the rebounds can increase, um, but I just I just think that this guy passes all the eye tests in the world, and I think in his second year in the NBA, he's he's ready to take a big step forward. Uh, again, someone who's probably going to be better in the second half of the year than the first. He's still very young. He's still um, sort of um, learning the NBA game. But I think um, if you can be patient, I think he's going to be a, um, a big-time finisher in fantasy basketball playoff time. Let's talk about Otto Porter Jr. on the other side of things. Not a very young player, uh, but someone who I think, especially with the news that James Wiseman is not going to be ready for the start of the season, I think you're going to see Draymond Green shift over to the center, and then you're going to see Otto Porter fill in the gaps at either the three or the four, depending on what they're doing with Wiggins as well. So I think, especially early on, similar to like a Jordan Poole, 
I think that Otto Porter Jr. is someone that can benefit while some of those other players for Golden State are still coming back. And I think he can very comfortably in the first couple of months beat this uh, ranking here. And then you drop him, you move on. He's someone you can take with your last pick and just sort of um, try to get ahead in your leagues uh, to begin with. What are your thoughts on Otto Porter Jr.? Yeah, I feel like he actually will be battling it out a bit for um, Bielitsa in terms of just to start the season, Wiseman's out. If they're going to play Draymond at the five, I guess you're going to have Wiggins and then either Bielitsa or Otto Porter filling in the gaps for that last role. You could have a debate for, you know, Kaminga. You could have a debate for Moody. There are some question marks with um, just in terms of, look, they're pretty deep on on the forward spot. I guess they do have a few guys to throw there, but... If Draymond slides to the center, there will be minutes available. I think I think they're going to have to have Draymond at the center because there's I, there's not many other good centers on this team, really. Um, I'm not too worried about Bielitsa. I'm also not too worried about Kaminga as well early on. I think Kaminga might get more minutes down the line, but I think obviously this team is trying to win. I don't think they have like they can afford to mess around with Kaminga this season. Um, and that's why I say he's a short-term play only. But obviously, watch him in the preseason. I wouldn't be taking him much more than like a last pick, but I just think I wanted to highlight him at 176. I think he can, he can beat that value. And the last one here is Isaac Okoro, playing for the Cleveland Cavs. I think he's going to get lots of opportunity. He's one of the only wings on this team, so he's going to be um, getting lots of minutes. His fantasy game hasn't followed yet, but we have seen some glimpses at the, at the end of last year started increasing the points, started increasing the steals and things like that. And at 192, again, maybe not someone you take in 12-team leagues. Uh, maybe the last pick if, if you're really desperate for some defensive stats. But 14-team uh, leagues, 16-team leagues, definitely someone who I would be very happy to take at the, towards the end of your draft. Um, and someone who I took in our 14-team mock draft um, uh, previously. Uh, are, you, are you keen on Isaac Okoro at all there, Cal? Um, look, not not overly keen on Okoro. Uh, look, as a as a flyer for your last pick, sure. Like he's getting minutes, maybe he opportunity. Will. Opportunity. He, he's an opportunity pick. Um, yeah. he, he put up thirty two minutes a game, and last season he was a net negative in every single category except for turnovers, which is weird because he put up the thirty two minutes a game. Yeah. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But look, you're you're thinking that he takes a big step. He will it, once again. He's it's his third. It's all about opportunity. Yeah, it's third year. <laughs> like he, he he's a good player. Like he's a Isn't it second year. It's a second year. Was he a rookie last year? Oh, I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. I think. yeah. Well, anyway, he's he's very young. It will say that he's he's a very young player. Um, so he has the ability to just get better naturally. And I think when you've got that opportunity, yeah, it's okay taking a flyer on a player like that. Um, but the, you know, there's a few of those other guys, Jaden McDaniel's Bogdanovich, who we prefer earlier. Let's talk about the centers. There's a few guys on this list here. A couple of ones that you and I both like. Let's talk them through. We've got Mason Plumley, Mo Bamba. Montrez Harrell, Alexei Pokusevsky, Isaiah Roby, Ken Birch, and Alperun Sengun. Um, Mason Plumley, just real quick, he's just a solid guy. At 134, I think he's still going to get minutes in the mid-20s um, at his new team. And I think that, you know, solid percentages, decent assists for the big guy. He's just going to be very solid. Pretty boring, but he, he should comfortably beat this ranking. Yeah, look, a bit boring, but um, he's just going to hover around that kind of, you know, around 100. the 100 yeah. value just because he can get the assists. He gets you a steal. He gets you a block. Good field goal. Rebounds. Um, so, yeah, and rebounds as well. So just for just for those stats right there, he's he's definitely worth the pick. Um, 
if you need that in the late, if you just need a center to fill in your box for the late rounds, just, you know, get Mason Plumlee. It's not, he's not a bad pick. He's boring, but he, he's not a bad pick. Yeah, and I also think the shutdown risk is a lot less compared to when he was on the Detroit Pistons last year. At Charlotte, I don't think they're going to be shutting him down towards the end of the season, so I'm less concerned with that. Let's talk about Mo Bamba at 136. We both don't like him as a player, but as a fantasy player, you can't deny the fact that if this guy gets minutes, he's going to put up stats. He's going to give you blocks. He's going to give you threes, which is a rare combo. We will see what the battle and what the minute split is like, but even in something like, you know, a Chris Boucher kind of mold, he is someone that he doesn't need a whole lot of minutes to be valuable in fantasy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mo Bamba at 136? Yeah, it's definitely too low. I think he will be battling it out. He'll get some opportunity. He could start some games. He could even play with Wendell Carter because he decides to only shoot threes in offense. Uh, but this is a guy, you know, he could do two three-pointers a game and two blocks a game, which is um, the, yeah. the unicorn status. Yeah, yeah. If he gets the minutes, he could easily do that um, and, you know, get your solid percentages in terms of free throws for a big guy. Rebounds are there. So, yep, someone who you take a swing at and you can be handsomely rewarded. What are your thoughts about Montrez Harrell? I'm, I'm not a sold with this one. I'm not a big Montrez Harrell fan personally, but at 142 with Thomas Bryant out for the start of the season... There's a bit of a positional battle with him and Gafford at this at this team. What are your thoughts at him at 142? Do you think he starts? Is he off the bench? Does he play enough minutes? Um, what are your thoughts with with this guy? I, I kind of like him at 142. As in, like, I think you can definitely get some good value there just because Gafford wasn't playing that many minutes even when he had his bit of his outburst last season because yeah. he would get in the foul trouble, getting the blocks. And um, we know that Trez Harrell, he can put up good stats in limited minutes as well. Like even last season in about 23 minutes a game, he's putting up, you know, 14 points, six rebounds, you know, 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks, great field goal, reasonable free throw percentage. So like he, he can fill the stat sheet when he's out there. And I don't see his minutes really going down, especially with Thomas O'Brien not playing the first, you know, chunk of the, the season. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think similar vein to like, Otto Porter Jr. and the the um, Jordan Pools. He's like a short-term guy. See how it works out. You might get value for a few months and then you drop him later on in the season when when uh, Thomas Bryant comes back into the fold. But even then, you'd, I don't know how it's all going to work out. It's always a bit murky over there in Washington. They've got so many sort of average players that are all kind of the same skill level. So we'll see how it all works out. So Montrose Harrell, whilst he doesn't have the highest upside, a lot of these guys do have, I think he is worth drafting. Let's talk about uh, my guy, Alexei Pokusevsky, Poku, the, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, at 152, we saw, um, we saw Adam King uh, draft him as his only center on his punt big man build, um, which I did like. There's a lot of upside. He plays for a team that doesn't care about winning, so they're going to feed him minutes. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about Poku at 152? Um, he, he has to fit your build. I guess yeah. that's all I'll say. I, I'm probably not completely sold on him. He Get shot, on board, he, Cal. Come on. I, I'm not on board yet. Look, the man shot 34% from the field last season. Only up from here. Only up from here. 0.4 steals, 0.9 blocks. Uh, look, I guess, look, if you're getting a block again, there's something. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm getting real excited about a guy who shot 34%, 0.4 steals, and, and less than a block. But if you watch the guy, there's there's talent there. I'm telling you, there's talent there. Look, it might it might blow up in your face. So you take him with your last pick or two, and if it doesn't work out, you drop him. But I'm still a believer. I still think he's super young, super duper young. He was the youngest player in the draft last year. 
uh, or, or second youngest after Patrick Williams. I can't remember who was younger out of the two. Um, but just raw last year. He's still growing into his body. Um, but he's he's shown the chops, and I think you, you could do worse. Obviously, you're punting field goal percentage. His field goal percentage is still going to be horrible. It might be less horrible, but, uh, you know, threes, assists, blocks, they're all going to sort of be there in out-of-position stats. So uh, I, I don't mind taking a swing on Poku in a punt field goal percentage scenario. His teammate, Isaiah Roby, at 167. Are you higher on Roby than, than Poku? Um, yeah, I'm a bit higher. He... He was a guy who did show some signs from a fantasy point of view. Um, the minutes, like, we have to realize Josh Giddy is going to step into this lineup and probably average about 25 minutes a game. Roby ended up averaging about about that, about 25 minutes a game. Um, you know, 9.6 rebounds, two assists, about a steal and half a block a game. So it doesn't scream at you, but the opportunities there, he, he, he did have some games where he flashed. So it's a bit of a fire. It's a fire that yep. you think that he's going to put it together this this um, season. Al Horford's gone. Moses Brown is gone. There was a bit of clutter in the center position there last year. Yes, you've got Derek Favors there, but I don't I don't put Derek Favors on the same level that I put like an Al Horford. So I don't necessarily think they're going to be trying to pump up his trade value like they did with Horford. I think they're just going to run with their young guys from the get go. That might be wrong. Um, and even if it is wrong, though, it's probably not going to last very long. He's probably got less upside than Poku, but probably more uh, a higher floor than Poku uh, would be would be the best way to put that. Uh, last two here, guys, at Kem Birch at 293. We are thinking he's going to be the starter. Look, he's not the most exciting fantasy player, but at 293, like he's still probably worth, would you say he's worth a pick in the last round of your 12-team leagues? Yeah, I'd happily take him for the last round. If you need a center, this is a guy that could definitely put up, you know, your average center stats. But, you know, in the late rounds, that's pretty handy. Um, in terms of what he did in the last two months of the season, which is with the Magic, I believe, he, he was putting up about... No, he was um, he was over at Toronto by this point, I think, the last couple of... He was of, over at Toronto. Okay, yeah. well, you know, 10 points a game, six rebounds, a steal, a block a game. That's, that, that's okay. That's solid, yeah. Very solid. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, at 293, you're going to have to scroll down to get him. Um, so, yeah, definitely if you're in a 14 or 16-team league, you're definitely drafting him. Ken Birch, if you need that big guy. Uh, this, this, the ceiling's not super high, but he's definitely someone who, like you said, can give you solid big man stats. And lastly, maybe one of our favorite deep sleepers this year um, in fantasy uh, leagues all around the world, all, all categories, all different types, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Alperun Sengun. At 647. So you're going to have to search him up. Don't bother scrolling through. Clicking next on Yahoo. Search the man up. That's A-L-P-E-R-U-N. Uh, on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Alperun Sengun. Um, I think he could potentially be a huge difference maker at the stretch of the season. Maybe in a 12-team league, he's a watch list guy early in the season. But just see, he doesn't need that many minutes to get get stats. So I'm I'm perfectly fine taking a swing on him on the last round of your pick. I would take him over Birch and Roby, uh, pretty pretty comfortably personally. And if, if you look at that draft that we did, um, the last draft with Adam King, you did swipe him from me. I, I think did. You got him in your, maybe it's the second last. The second last, last pick, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So look, there there are some people interested out there, um, especially if you listen to me, because I've been hiring this man for a long time. You are, yeah. I love Sangoon. He can do the splits. He's won the MVP in the Turkish league. There's not much he can't do. Yep. He's, he's good at a lot of different stats. And like we said, doesn't need a whole lot of minutes to get them. So 
Uh, and they're pushing youth over in Houston. So by the end of the season, it would not surprise me if he's playing 26, 27, 28 minutes a night for the last couple of months of the season. So that will do it today, guys. Let us know if you think we've missed any other deep sleepers. Who was your favorite pick uh, in the last rounds of last year? Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening along on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, let us know Let us know what you think of the podcast. Any feedback, anything you want to see from us, please let us know. We're always happy to take it on board. Always happy to talk fantasy hoops. Make sure you are subscribed. Plenty more videos coming along. We might have some more mock drafts coming. Um, all sorts of fantasy content coming your way until the start of the season. And until then, we'll catch you later. Bye.